Hey, hi, hello, my creepy lovelies. Welcome back to another episode of the Creepy Cryptid Crypt. I am your host, Black Widow, and today I have a story for you, which is probably redundant because I always have stories for you, but nonetheless. Um, this episode is on an individual who was deemed the trailside killer out of San Francisco, California. He was active from 1979 to 1980, and there's an estimated 7 to 11 victims out of Marin and Santa Cruz counties in California. Um, this is going to be a high-level overview based on what I could find. Mostly because more I read, the more I hated him, and him's just really icky. So, uh, violence warning? I mean, I guess all of these are violence warnings, but you know. Anyway. If you don't like what you hear, turn it off. <clears throat> so, uh, David Joseph... Thank you for your contribution, Red Dog. David Joseph Carpenter was born May 6th in 1930, born and raised in San Francisco, California, and it was reported that he was physically abused by his alcoholic dad. Also as a child, also as a child, as a child, it's also reported that he additionally suffered from... Uh, stutter, bedwetting, and I can just assume that, you know, based off of the stutter, he was probably bullied a lot. Um, I did find articles that say that he did enjoy torturing animals, so we've already got one of the three major indicators for psychopathic behavior. Fun. Awesome. At the age of 17, ugh. okay, also sexual assault warnings. I'm going to pause, so those of you who don't want to listen can leave. Okay. At the age of 17, he was arrested and prosecuted on charges of molesting his two cousins. Fabulous. What a... What a piece of trash. Okay. Um, so we've established. Terrible human. I'm, I'm proceeding. It gets worse. All right. In 1960, at the age of 33, he was arrested and sentenced to 14 years for attacking a woman with a hammer and a knife. Unfortunately, because it's California, thanks, California, he ended up only serving seven of those years and then was released. Um, but he wasn't out very long because he got a return trip for kidnapping in 1970, um, for which he also served seven years for, which I think is... Never mind. I don't want to rant about it anymore. You guys know how I feel. I'm over it. I'm not over it. I'm still really pissed, but things are not being reformed the way they should be, in my personal opinion. That's all I'll say today. <sighs> he was released early, um, but not earlier. That doesn't make any sense. Okay, let me back up 5,000 paces. He did a thing, right? Went back to prison in 1970 for kidnapping. He served his seven years and a couple of days. He served the extra couple of days because the law enforcement in that area suspected him. There we go. Of being the Zodiac Killer. So uh, they held him for a couple more days to do some questioning on him for that. But uh, as far as we know, he wasn't Zodiac based off of things I'm about to tell you. Please hold. I need coffee. Okay, so... 
I don't know why I didn't. Words. Okay, so. Uh, now, all of this to say, I assume that the police were really, really busy with Zodiac stuff. And so he um, just maybe he thought like, oh, now I can get away with stuff. I also probably think that he was just generally really angry towards women. Um, and I, I couldn't find like the trigger event to, that like pushed him to become a killer. Um, but whatever happened in his first murder in 1979, probably just kind of pushed all of his stuff into go mode. Um, okay. Um, so Anne Kelly Menjivar disappeared from her home in late 1979. Um, her body would later be found at Mount Tamapolias Park. I'm going to say that wrong, so I'm just going to abbreviate it to Mount Tam. If you're from the Bay Area, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, Carpenter was initially not under suspicion for this death, but they did end up linking it to him after his arrest. Um, so that's his first victim. It's also reported that he, he knew Anne. Personally, um, I couldn't figure out how or why, but again, I also really didn't like him. So, um, I just, I'm sorry. I really don't like him. Let me just put it that way. So, uh, yeah. And then his second victim happens August 20th, 1979. Etta Kane, age 44, was found at the same place as Kelly. And according to forensic, she was murdered execution style, which means she was shot through the head while she was kneeling. Um, her body was found naked and some reports say that she had been raped. So their police are probably thinking, okay, we've got more shooting victims out at Ma Mount Tam, Ma Ma Mount Tam, and we've still got Zodiac loops. Are they connected? Are they not connected? So they're probably fucking scrambling. And also I think out at Mount Tam, that might be, I don't know whose jurisdiction that is, but it might not be San Francisco police department. Um, it's probably a forest department and then some kind of like maybe Marin County Sheriff. I don't know what county Mount Tam is in off the top of my head. Um, so we also have to remember that up until recently, law enforcement agencies and some law enforcement agencies today are still not good about sharing notes with each other um, and collaborating. So keep that in mind. I'm going to have a sip of coffee. Just hang out for a second. Hang on. Uh, okay, uh, victim number three, March 7th in 1980, Barbara Schwartz, age 23, went hiking out at Mount Tam. Um, her body was recovered the day after on a narrow and paved trail. Um, she was stabbed several times and died as a result of those stab wounds. What's interesting is, is uh, as we go on, I think she was the only one who was stabbed. So I'm not entirely sure, based off of the MO so far of Carpenter, if uh, he just like forgot his gun at home or something happened, um, but it, it doesn't fit the original and the continuous MO as I go on. So, oh, it only gets worse. Oh, I'm gonna have a big rant at the end of this, I bet. Okay, so Anne Alderson went jogging near Mount Tam on October 15th, 1980. She never came home from her jog. Uh, they found her the day after with three bullets in her head. 
Um, forensic evidence also led investigators to believe that she had been shot execution style in the back of the head while kneeling. November 27th, 25-year-old Shauna May did not show up to meet up with her boyfriend in a parking lot at Point Reyes. They found her body two days later. Oh, I hated this one. She had been buried in a shallow grave, and upon recovering her body, authorities found a second body next to her, the body of um, young Diane O'Connell, age 22, who had gone missing from the same park, Mount Tam State Park, in October. Um, She also had a gunshot wound to the head. He's moving pretty fucking swift right now. Like, it's just... So they just probably can't even fucking keep up with everything that's going on. Excuse me. Um, while authorities were searching the Point Reyes area, they also uncovered two more bodies. Cynthia Moreland, age 18, and Richard Towers, age 19. Um, all four bodies being found obviously created a media frenzy and panic in nearby areas started. Totally makes sense. Um, Like I said, they were still dealing with the Zodiac case, and now the media is trying to figure out if this is Zodiac or not, especially with Cynthia and Richard, um, because they're, you know, it's a boyfriend-girlfriend couple. It's like a lover's lane type thing. Like, they don't know if it's Zodiac or a totally new killer. Um, Cynthia and Richard had been reported missing in September. They said they were going on a hike, but they never came back from the hike. Um, They had been killed in a similar way to the other victims. And again, because they're killed in that way, which is similar to some of the Zodiac killings that people are trying to figure out, is he running around here? Where is he? What's going on? Um, But they were pretty sure it wasn't Zodiac because they weren't getting any letters or anything. Um, So now they have this new serial killer to deal with, this whole new fucking problem, right? And then... Our new fucking problem says, okay, well, the Marin area, Mount Tam Park, Point Reyes, it's getting too hot. Like, I've got to go somewhere else. So, March 29th, 1981, in Santa Cruz at the Henry Cowell State Park, Stephen Hurdle and Ellen Hansen were ambushed by the trailside killer. Um, he started them with the 38, and he was, like, screaming that he was going to rape the woman and kill them both. She told him to fuck off. To which he responded by opening fire, killing her instantly and wounding Stephen. Um, thankfully, Stephen survived by crawling for help from the trail, and he was able to give authorities a description, which was very focused on very crooked yellow teeth of the suspect. And that actually helped other hikers identify somebody they had seen on the trail, which led them to identify his car, which was a red, late-modeled foreign car. Um, so now the authorities are obviously concerned. Publicity of Point Reyes discoveries causes all kinds of issues. It also causes the trailside killer to switch his hunting ground. So now they have to figure out how to cover all of these different areas. And they're also concerned because the victims in the Point Reyes and Mount Tam area were killed with a 45 and they still hadn't recovered the 45. And now we've got somebody in Santa Cruz running around with a 38. Big problems. Big fucking problems, right? Hmm. I want to point out that the 70s and the 80s were really, really rampant with serial killers, especially in California. I mean, most of them were down in Southern California because it was more densely populated, but basically the Wild West at this point in time. 
And then May 1st, 1981, Heather Skaggs' boyfriend reported her missing. She said, he said, God, sorry. He said that she said she went to go buy a car from somebody who she used to work with in San Francisco and she hadn't come back. He was like, I'm really concerned because this work guy, Carpenter, was like, come alone to buy the vehicle. Like, I don't want you to bring anybody else. Like, we work together. Like, that should be enough. Like, trust me. Obviously, if somebody says that, I'm going to do the fucking opposite of that. I'm going to bring like 10 people. Fuck off. Or, or I'm just not going to buy the car from you. Like, why do we need to be alone? Poor girl. Anyway, the police then went to go question Carpenter and immediately noticed his strong resemblance to the composite sketches of the trailside killer that they had gotten from Steven, um, his super yellow teeth, and also his small red foreign car in the driveway. So now they run a background check, find his previously, uh, Previously, that makes no sense. Sometimes I think my notes make a lot of sense. I'm like, yeah, this is great. It's making sense. And then I read them back. I'm like, oh, you're dumb. Stupid. Why did you do that? I know I'm not dumb. I'm just being silly. Um, so they run a background check. They find his previous felony arrests. And then they go back to Steve and they're like, hey, is this the guy? They like do a mugshot lineup. And he's like, yeah, that's the fucking guy who shot me. So they take Carpenter into custody on May 14th. And 10 days after that, they find Heather Skaggs in a big basin, Redwood State Park, which is north of San Francisco. She had also been killed in the same way as the other victims. Uh, she was shot with the 38 that had killed Ellen and almost killed Stephen. So um, now I think we've got all the victims accounted for. And the police are frustrated because even after conducting a search warrant of Carpenter's home and belongings, they can't find the 45 or the 38. But thanks to some really good investigation, they eventually found someone who had sold Carpenter the 45, which was illegal because he's already a convicted felon. So all of you people who are running around like gun reform, like we have to have a better system because felons are still going to find a way to get weapons. Happens all the time. Like it's fucking anyway. So a couple of weeks after that, right? Uh, okay, wait, hold on. Oh, yeah, okay. So they've already got him, right? And now they have proof of him obtaining a 45. Okay, cool. Uh, so a couple of weeks after that, uh, a suspect was on trial for a robbery. And he was like, yo, I got this 38 from this carpenter guy. And so they were able to recover the 38 and forensics revealed that the black barrel markings matched the bullets that were fired at Ellen, Heather, and Stephen. So with that, the uh, surviving victim testimony, the other gun, and a bunch of other evidence, they were able to try him for all 10 murders. Um, but due to the media coverage, the defense attorneys had to request for a change of venue and they had to go all the way down to LA, like all the way down to LA. Um, he was found guilty and sentenced to death. Excuse me. Currently, Carpenter is still on death row in San Quentin. Uh, he had to have a separate trial for the murder of Richard, Cynthia, Shauna, and Diane. And he was also found guilty of first-degree murder in those cases. Um, and that is the trailside killer. I did look up while I was reading these notes. I was looking up if he was still at San Quentin. Um... Because it, if you've listened to me 
rant and you know me personally and you've listened to me rant and you know what's going on with all of the changes at San Quentin and the death row inmates. Um, I don't know if he's been moved. So uh, according to the California Department of Corrections and Rehabilitation website, David Carpenter is still at San Quentin and he is 92 years old. Um, And while I was researching this, while I was researching this, I read that they had just submitted their regulations for the transfers of those who are condemned to death. So basically what happens is what happened is in November, 2016, California voters passed Prop 66, which if you don't know, it changes California's penal code that requires the death sentence. So people people who are given the death sentence have to have the opportunity to have jobs at jails and prisons so they can pay back restitution to their victims. It also increased the restitution rate in the state of California. Um, So people sentenced to death... have to pay back the restitution to the families at a higher rate, right? Um, So basically what the government in California did, and from what I understand, based off of Prop 66, like this is still not enough to do what they are doing and what they have done, but they did it anyway because it's California. Great. Fabulous. Oh. So they ran a two-year pilot program, right, which went from January 2020 to January 2022, and they moved 101 people who were sentenced to death to alternate housing. So they're still at the prison, still at San Quentin, but they're moved to different places in the prison. So essentially what happens is, is we've got all of those people who are sentenced to death who are now moved to housing and along with people who are life in prison. And what the website says is that they are matched accordingly based off of their behavior and the blah, blah, blah of their crime and blah, 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 all of these things, which may or may not be true. So my biggest issue with this is now they are out among other people and they have the ability to go make friends and then go after victims' families or try to seek retribution and all of this extra shit. Now, I'm not saying it happens often. I'm not saying it maybe even happens at all, maybe 1% of the time. But now they have the access to do this. And the other issue I have is that they are not notifying the family members of this change. And I don't know if they don't have to do that because technically they're staying at the same fucking prison. So big fucking problem with that. In addition to that, in addition to that, We all know, well, we know if you've been listening to me, that they're likely to shut down San Quentin in its entirety because that is a prime piece of real estate that the governor wants to sell to make money for California. So my next question is, where are they sending them? Are they going to notify us when they fucking send them to other prisons? Or are they just going to leave us hanging like they have been? Like... Anyway, I'm just going to keep getting really angry and I have to go back to work because this is my lunch break. So I'm just not going to get really angry because I'd like to have a really good work day. Um, So they were supposed to have a public hearing on March 8th. I haven't seen any results yet, but I will look and let you guys know on the What the Fuck Friday. Thank you for listening to the Trailside Killer episode and for joining me here at the Creepy Cryptid Crypt. I am your host, Black Widow. Please don't forget to like, follow, subscribe, 
Tell your friends. And you will hear my voice again on Friday. Hopefully things will keep uploading like they're supposed to now that I figured out this new fucking technology. Okay, I'll talk to you then. Okay, goodbye.